0: Happy Tuesday, my average greatness. What's up? Hope everyone's doing well today. Early starts the week. Hope it's a killer week for you. I know my week's going fantastic so far. Oh, man, where do I go? Where do I go? How do I start today's episode? I think maybe I'm just going to start with a question. Have you seen the Tom Hanks movie, Sully? If you haven't, it's a movie about a U.S. Airlines flight that crashed in the Hudson River in New York City. Dave Sanderson, our guest, was on that plane. Just pause, think about that. What would you do if you were on a freaking airplane that went down and crashed into the Hudson River in New York City? What thoughts would you have? What emotions would you have? But furthermore, like when the plane hit the water, you realize you're alive. How do you act? How do you respond? I think the true answer is none of us know how we truly would act or respond, but we'd like to think we would unless we take time and we prepare ourselves mentally for our own personal plane crash. Dave talks a lot about, you know, he had a physical plane crash. You might have a career, a financial, a relation, a death. Whatever it might be in your life, we all have our own plane crashes and we need to have our own flight plans in place and we can pivot and change on those flight plans. But more importantly, we all go through adversity, is what we're saying. So for Dave, we talk about proximity as power. You know, the average of the five people that you spend time with. And for Dave, he's had so much proximity to people like Tony Robbins, like the Tony Robbins, Netflix, Tony Robbins with that proximity of seeing people of greatness in their mindset and how they handle adversity and stressful situations, which had then helped empower him in a situation like this to act not only in self-preservation, but with calmness and the ability to then help his fellow flight mates off the plane where he chose to be one of the last people off to make sure everybody was off the plane, even when the water was coming up knee waist deep on the airplane. Truly amazing, amazing story. We pack a lot in this 30 minutes today. I mean, his big thing is pitch, right? Points in time that change everything that they might not reveal themselves immediately. And one of the points in time that changed everything for Dave was something that happened, what, 20, 30 years before that his mother had instilled with him. So when you start looking at life from that perspective, maybe today there's a point in time that's going to change everything for you in 15, 20 years. So be cognizant of that. Take that in because success leaves clues. And don't waste what you're given today. He closes the episode saying, what destiny are you going to choose for the rest of your life? Let me say that again. What destiny are you going to choose for the rest of your life? Yeah, I I listen to that and I freaking love it. The reason that I love it is the word choose. You're choosing. There's no excuses. It's your choice. Your plane has gone down, but how do you choose to respond? How do you choose to react? Because the nice thing is, we live in America. We all have the ability to choose. What destiny are you going to choose? You're in control. Your plane goes down. Now you choose how you respond. You were punched in the face. Now you choose how you respond. Something bad happened. You lost your job. Now you choose how you respond. You can go the high side. You can go on the low side. You can go anywhere. But remember that success leaves clues. And those points in time that change everything are among us. Every step of our life. Hope you listen to this episode with that in mind, and hopefully it hits you. Woo, baby. Let's go.
1: You were not designed to be average. average. You were designed for greatness. Greatness. This is My Average Greatness. We'll interview people who are doing amazingly great things and listen to their unique stories of greatness. Get ready to be inspired. Broadcasting around the globe. Around the globe. This is My Average Greatness. And this is Kevin Bartlett.
0: All right. Welcome back to another episode of My Average Greatness. Today, we have Dave Sanderson joining us. Most of you probably know Dave. If you don't, and if you do, I'd like to give you a short background of who he is, what he does. Like I said, it's going to be short, but he's touched so many people, done so many things throughout his life. It might take up half of the episode. So bear with me. I'm going to hit just on the highlights. So, So Dave is a husband. He's a father of four. And his mother shaped the way that he approaches life with the phrase, do the right thing and God will take care of you. Dave's got a very unique career path that brought him to where he is today. He started in restaurant management, worked his way to a national sales manager at ADP, became a managing consultant at KPMG, was an SVP of sales at Genesis 10, was a sales manager at Oracle, and then uniquely was a security director for Tony Robbins. Now he is the president of Dave Sanderson Speaks International. However, on January 15th, 2009, Dave caught the early flight home and his life has never been the same. On that day, he became a survivor of the miracle on the Hudson at plane crash. That's right. He survived a plane crash. Shortly after, Dave was approached by a local church to speak at a breakfast. Unbeknownst to him, half a Charlotte was invited. But where the impact really came was at the end, a woman approached Dave. And from what she said, put two men into tears From that moment, it propelled him into a speaking career to impact and motivate people across the world. In his time, he's served clients that range from AARP, Blue Cross Blue Shield, BP, the Carolina Panthers, Delta Airlines, Duke Energy, eWoman Network, ExxonMobil, Novant, Old Miss, Queen's University, Toyota, just to name a few. He's also appeared on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. PBS, Discovery, People, and The Today Show. Some of his accolades and awards that Dave has been recognized for, he is one of the top 100 leadership speakers recognized by INC.com. He does 80 speeches per year around the world. He's also a best-selling author of his book, Moments Matter. He's on the Alexa platform and he's the voice of personal leadership. He's a TEDx speaker for Bouncing Back. He's a faculty member for the Leadership Mindset Series. And also, he has his own online course, Cultivating Personal Leadership. He's known for PITCH, P-I-T-T-C-H-E. That's points in time that change everything. Please welcome to my average greatness, Dave Sanderson.
2: What's up, Dave? Thank you. I'm worn out after that, Kevin. Thank you very much for the kind introduction.
0: Absolutely. I need a drink of water.
2: <laughs> I think we need to take a break after that. Thank you very much.
0: No, I mean, uh, what, what you've done and what you've done with your life is, is truly an inspiration. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me and, and, the, and the listeners of My Average Greatness. As I like to kick off every episode is a quick introduction of who's to speak, who we're talking to today and then how we know each other. I'll give my recollection and correct me if I'm wrong or you can kind of give your your recollection, but it was your daughter's birthday, Chelsea. We're at Leroy Fox in Charlotte and had a little birthday celebration. I think you and I just started talking. I'd recently got into the IT field. You're sharing some of your experiences at Oracle, some people that we'd known and um, just a pleasure speaking with you. You could had a kind heart and a kind soul and you know, I'd always kind of checked up on you, followed you on LinkedIn and would always ask Chelsea about you whenever we would connect. So, that was that was my remembrance of of how we connected the first time.
2: That's fairly accurate. That's fairly accurate. Yes, that was quite a night for my daughter. Thank thank you for remembering all that.
0: Oh, no, most certainly. So, we know the plane crash and that's kind of the, you know, propelling cause that got you to speaking and on stage and talking I'm really interested in terms of like mindset, how we get to where we are. We talk a lot about like success leaves clues along the way. Dave, I'd I'd love to hear maybe a little bit about your upbringing, like where you grew up, what your family life was like, um, and and how you got to even starting your career in in the the restaurant business and then worked your way through the IT field.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, I grew up uh, for the first uh, about 12 and a half plus years and, Southwest Ohio, a little town in the country in called Hillsboro, and I was very blessed to grow up in a small town where everybody knew your name, so I was sort of like Mayberry on steroids and um at a time in the sixties where everybody looked after everybody and that's I think that's a big difference in what uh, where we're at right now in this world because you know when you went out, every parent took responsibility for every other kid, and everybody knew who you were, everybody knew where you were at, and so If something did happen, uh, everybody would sort of, you know, gather up and make sure that 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 child or that person was taken care of. So I was very blessed to be able to grow up in a small town. Um, And then my dad got transferred uh, when I was uh, going to seventh grade to uh, northwest Virginia, a place called Winchester. And once again, I was very blessed. It was a bigger town but it's still small enough where most everybody knew your name and, but you were close enough to Washington DC. So you could get a little, little more culture going on, but also uh, a little more um, people watching what you were doing. So I was, uh, I was very blessed to be able to you know, grow up where the family unit was intact. My mother was a strong one. My dad traveled. I think I, I followed a lot of my father's footsteps, even though it was unknowing at that point uh, that, uh, you know, he, my dad uh his, my, his thought process was you know you gotta remember this is the 60s and 70s where dad went out mom stayed home to take make sure the kids were taken care of and had everything they needed and fortunately for me i had a mother who um who uh, looked after all of us and took care of things and had a lot of discipline and gave me discipline which was a uh, tremendous thing for me to, to grow up with i think that's one of the things as a parent i think we are a little child with now we may not discipline our kids um in a way and teach them how to make decisions um, and have consequences for those decisions. So, you know, I was very blessed uh, to, to have parents who loved me enough to, uh, to show me what the right from wrong. And, and uh, at that point in time, and um, playing a lot of sports, you know, I played pretty much every sport and I I told somebody yesterday, I was really good at a lot of things, but I wasn't outstanding at anything. And so I could pick up a sport pretty quickly and I could join in, whether it was, you know, track and field, baseball, you know, soccer. Back then soccer didn't get played much, but I could pick it up pretty quickly, but didn't excel much at any one of the sports. I was really good though. I could I could start on pretty much any any team that I was on and I was very blessed to be able to have a lot of uh, very good teams and be able to uh, participate and you know, fortunately for me I had you know, I grew up with scouting, which I think uh was one of the things that uh helped me a lot, especially that day on the on the on the Hudson River where um a lot of these lessons, and that's why I call the book Moments Matter, all, a lot of these moments in my life that in all of our lives that we don't think that um, really mean anything. We go through our lives, but all of a sudden, that one defining moment when things are going um, going sideways, and all of a sudden something from your youth or your you know, younger days come out that you did, and it serves you in that moment. And so fortunately for me, between all these experiences between scouting and athletics and and growing up, I was very, very blessed to be able to have people and mentors around me to give me guidance.
0: Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Like, so talking about like one defining moment, do you believe that a person can have multiple defining moments or smaller moments that lead up to that singular moment?
2: Almost definitely, I think people throughout their lives, uh, and I, I I don't I don't know if the word tested is the right word, but uh, I think people are have those those multiple moments that come in our lives. It may be uh, in a financial situation or maybe, in a, you know, like me with a plane crash situation or, you know, when, um, when you know, you're, all of a sudden you have a health situation, which a lot of people are going through right now. So I think there's a lot of people have multiple defining moments. And I think um, I, my belief is that everybody has what I call a personal plane crash moment. And um, once again, it may, be, it may be a car accident. It may be a health incident. It may be uh, you know, something that, something's going on with the family, but everybody's got what I call per, a personal plane crash moment, and it's how you respond or how I did it in my TED Talk, how do you bounce back and how to bounce back um, from those kind of moments. And fortunately for me, I, um, I had a lot of people around me that gave me a lot of, like we talk success leads clues, a lot of ways to be able to, um, to overcome those moments and my critical moment, which uh, was the plane crash.
0: And do you credit, I know you credit your mom a lot. You said, Hey, the first thing I did when the plane went down, get in the aisle, find the exit and go. And you, you, you heard your mom kind of, as you said, you relived your life, but then heard your mother in in your voice or in your head kind of tell you to to take care of other people and, and look out for other people through, throughout this. Is, was that like something that she was continuously talking about and living on a daily basis was it was that part of the daily life? How did that fundamental get burned into your brain to stick out in that moment?
2: Oh, good question. Yeah, you know, I um, you know, when I heard my mother say, "If if you do the right thing, God will take care of you," I heard her say that before um, as I grew up. But I think it was more in a, <laughs> it was definitely in a different situation. Uh, it was probably in reprimanding me on doing these, me doing something stupid, which I did a lot of things stupid as I grew up. But, uh, no, I think the you know, way, way I look at it now, as I as reflect back, and what's one of the great things, my, my new book's coming out. I, I go in detail about this experience, not only with my mother, but my mentor, Bill, and my time with Tony and how they all coalesce. But I talk about that because one of the things I think my mother did extremely well, and I think once again I already sort of referenced it earlier, is, she would make all of her children, my sister, brother, and me, make decisions. I mean, she didn't say do the right thing. She said if you do the right thing. And, you know, she made me make a choice. And, and I really believe that either, either, either choice is going to be right, getting out of the plane, doing what I, you know, the game plan was, or going back and checking on other people. But, you know, she said if you do the right thing, God will take care of you. And I believe that uh, she was at that point, as she did throughout my entire life growing up in the house, is make me make a decision, and there's consequences to every decision. And that day, I don't think there have been a negative consequence if I would have gotten out of the plane, but it would definitely have changed my destiny. It would have definitely changed the direction I was going to go, and I think that was the choice. It wasn't right or wrong. It was what destiny are you going to choose for the rest of your life? And and either one was going to be right, but it was, once again, I think thing, one of the things, if I look back on how I raised my children and our my wife and I did, we didn't make our kids make decisions enough and ha- hold them to consequences. And I think if I had to do this all over again, I would probably take some of these things that my mother taught me and my mentor Bill, and is is make sure my my kids know, you know, you can make it. You should be making your decisions your entire life because that there'll be a critical moment where mom and dad aren't going to be around, or your husband or wife are not going to be there, and you got to make a decision, and it may be life and death like it was for me. So if you're not able to make a decision, you could cost yourself or somebody else their life. So um, if I had to do this all over again with my kids, I would have definitely uh, make them make more decisions and hold them accountable to those decisions.
0: Uh, I I love hearing that. So um, one of my previous episodes was with Brian Wright, one of my mentors that I've had for many years, ran our team for the Eastern United States at Medtronic. And that's the number one thing he said is, you know, I need to teach my children how to make decisions. So it's, it's really cool kind of hearing that. And this podcast for me is, you know, legacy for my children here. So if you're in trouble right now when you're listening to it, blame Dave. He told me I need to do nope. it. Um, so keep keeping kids accountable, but also teaching them how, how to make their own decisions. And that, that's not an easy task to do. So is it one of those things that you need brain work um, and repetition so when you are put in the moment, you're prepared?
2: Yeah, it comes down to resiliency. I mean, it's you know, I I I believe, and now I've looked back at this. I believe that all these moments we're going through in our lives, you can't can't take anything for granted. And you know, whether you're spiritual or not, one of the things I you know I think the greatest teacher in the history of the world was Jesus Christ. Whether you believe in Christianity or not, but one of the things he said the night that he uh, gave himself up was tell his disciples to stay awake. And the disciples at that moment, the three disciples, could not stay awake. And he was teaching them at that point, you better be aware of things that are going around you all the time because things change quickly. And as we're seeing right now in this world, every moment something's changing, whether it's through some of this unrest, whether it's through COVID, whether it's through politics. Man, every moment nowadays is changing. Where, Fortunately, when I grew up in the 60s and 70s, uh, things didn't move this quick. So you better stay awake and make sure that all these moments that you're living right now, you know there's a meaning behind it, and one day, that day will probably come, it will be revealed. It may not be revealed uh, to you immediately or revealed to you and, you know, slap you across the face, but one day it'll say, now I understand why my mom, my dad, I had to go through this and have resiliency because, once again, I believe no one gets through life without a personal plane crash.
0: I, I could not agree with you more. I think um, I know I've had my fair share and a lot of times you're like, why? Why me? Why is this happening? And if, if you hear thunder, we're in the middle of a hurricane going on right oh, now.
2: Oh, yeah. Same here. I'm <laughs> glad that you're hearing it too.
0: Yeah. That's so came, I came in loud over here on my end too. So um, apologies on that end. Um, but but with that being said, is, is in the moment, it's tough and it's hard. But then I, every single time I've had to go through a scenario like that, whether it be career, personal life, I love looking in the rearview mirror and saying, wow, look how far I've come. Wow, I'm here because of that. Right now, in this moment in time, I'm standing here with these people because I went through that. And it's I wouldn't choose any other way. Um, so, so I kind of love hearing that message. You, you did say... A few minutes ago, though, about the plane crash and how your defining moment was looking out for other people. Can you maybe elaborate on that, how that was the defining moment?
2: Well, it's interesting you say that because as I look back and as somebody revealed to me, Kevin, which I do it, but I, I waited probably nine years before someone actually picked up on it, um, that that wasn't the defining moment. Maybe that was an important moment. It was definitely a very important moment in my life, but that wasn't a defining moment. And, um, and uh, what happened, it was about like a year plus ago, maybe a year and a half ago now, maybe, I don't know, uh, the last, let's say the last six, 16 months or so, I spoke in Vancouver, British Columbia, and a gentleman came up to me and said, you know, he's thinking about what I was saying, he said, He said, most people probably think that that moment for you was the plane crash and all that. He said, but that wasn't your moment. And then he went to tell me what that moment was, and I said, you're right. And he said, you know what, what I was thinking about, and this is where you said earlier, this is where I got it. He said, that was the point in time that changed everything for you. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about it, I said, that is correct. And that's where I came up with, you know, the pitch is the point in time that changes everything, because... I believe everybody, <coughs> excuse me, can have one of those moments or multiple of those moments if they find what I call their distinct advantage. And what I mean by that is when something that you're uniquely gifted at and you're the most passionate about, and when those things collide and combine, then you will have what I, what I call your pitch, one your in time that changes everything. And everybody's got those two traits. The big question is, can you find them? And when you do find them, do you take advantage of it and take action on it? I did. And that's what led me to the point where I'm at today. And I think most people in life, I hate to say it this way, they, they, they'll come across those, to that, that intersection, but they won't do anything with it. And I've had a number of people come up and tell me that. It's like they're just afraid. They don't know how to do it, so they don't do anything. And the worst thing, Kevin, you can do, especially when you're in a plane crash, is get stifled. Mm-hmm can you can't stay still cuz something's <laughs> happening.
0: Yeah.
2: And you better you better be able to make a decision to move. And I think most people get to that point where they get stalled, they get afraid, they don't want to make a mistake. And as you know in sales, and I know in sales, you're going to make, you know, you're going to make a heck of a lot of mistakes. But as my mentor Bill told me, and he was correct, and Tony's probably me the same thing, I man, you only got to be right 51% of the time. You know? And so, that leaves a lot of learning experiences to be able to draw from. So, I believe that, uh, that's sort of the case.
0: Oh, that's, that's cool. So kind of like sometimes you might even not even know when the pitch is happening. So that moment in time where your mom was, was leaving that message behind for you years and years and years prior, that was the yep. moment in time, but it wasn't even recognized until years later.
2: That's correct. That's correct. Sometimes things don't get revealed immediately. And, you know, I write in my new book, I write about uh, my belief on what really happened at that moment. And yeah, I think she did implant that in my, and probably my sister and brother. I can't speak for them. I'll leave that to them to, uh, to comment on their personal experiences. But I believe she planted that in my brain because maybe she knew, or maybe she knew that I was going to have some time in my life when I need to call on that. And, um, fortunately for me, she was in heaven at that point and could, um, could say it again in a different way that, uh, can help me make a decision very quickly.
0: When you talk about within like that, the pitch being able to lead, there's three things is vulnerability, courage, and bravery. Are those right. things me, me and a few of my friends, we talk a little bit about like nature versus nurture, you know, can you teach bravery and courage or is that something I, I, that's, I, like you're born with?
2: I, I, I believe you can learn anything. I, you know, I, you know, and and the way I've, I learned that you can learn anything is, you know, my years being a head of security for Tony Robbins, I had the opportunity to be around a lot of outstanding people and getting to hear and listen and talk with them. And, you know, Richard Branson didn't didn't grow up being a genius in finances, right? He didn't grow up that way. Uh, He had to learn it from somebody. So, you know, and you you mentioned it up front, Kevin, success leaves clues. And I believe, you know, the way you can get any outcome you want is model somebody who's achieved the outcome. And that's why, you know, and I I do my talk, you know, my my TED Talk, and one of the things I talk about is an experience I had where I'm sitting right now that really ingrained that into me uh, about how people can grow from traumatic life experiences. So that's why I talk and teach that because, you know, you talk about bravery and courage, somebody who, who survives and then can grow and thrive out of a traumatic life experience, like we're all experiencing right now called COVID, um, you can actually, you know, there are strategies on how to do that. So the, the long-winded answer to your question is yes. I think you can learn how to be brave, how to have courage. I do think that sometimes you have some innate you know, ability inside you. But I think a lot of people, a lot of people, um, you can learn these skill sets.
0: And then it's being able to, to, once you learn them, then be able to tap into those resources to, to then create change.
2: Correct. Yeah, I think, and you can like it like a computer, like you know, a hard drive, right? Your, your, your mind's like a hard drive. And that's why one of the things I do in my course in cultivating personal leadership is I give everybody right up front the Colby assessment so they can understand How their mind works it's not like a disc where it looks at things in traits and characteristics it looks at how is your mind wired because if i can help people understand how their mind is wired then i can help them understand how they make decisions if i can help them how they make decisions then i can help them understand how they can learn be able to do these some some of these different skill sets that can empower them and be more resourceful
0: i like you kind of tapping into that and so my, myself, I grew up, I had a, l- a learning disability and I know you've mentioned Tony Robbins a few times. And so for me, reading and reading comprehension is is, is difficult. So I discovered audiobooks and one of the first books that I downloaded um, on my, um, I guess it was the Apple platform at the time was Awaken, was it the Awaken the Giant Within from Tony Robbins. And I probably listened to that yep. thing 200 times through and through, uh, burnt out the phone, kind of listening to it, you know, shortly out of college. And, from there, I don't want to say I'm a Tony Robbins, you know, fanboy, if you will, but I, I enjoy listening to him. Um, the the energy that he brings, the thought process, and how he approaches things from, you know, the the cold pool that he has, to jumping on the trampolines, and you know, doing the the small things exceptionally to be exceptional, and break yep. out from the herd. And tell me a little bit about. You've had one-on-one time with Tony, and I know he's spoken on behalf as you guys in your friendship. How has his mentorship and proximity to Tony impacted your life? And was that something before the plane crash or after?
2: Oh, good question. That was definitely before, and you know, and I I was very honored to be able to have still have that relationship with him. I'm no longer head of security because Canley sort of kicked me out of the nest. Uh, and I, you know, that was, uh, and I'm glad he did. Um, but I, you know, I, when my mentor Bill passed away in 1997, fortunate for me, a few months later, Tony asked me to be the assistant head of security on his team. So I had a little more proximity. And one of the things, as you know, if you've read, you know, Waking the Giant Within is proximity is power. And <coughs> excuse me, one of the things that I, I, I learned from him is I want to be around outstanding people so I can understand the mindset of outstanding people. So, you yeah, know, that's that started back in 1997 more intimately. I was on his team about two years, about 1996, about a year and a half, two years prior to that, doing my apprenticeship, you know, sitting on the stage, making sure that he could do what he needed, but then um, having the opportunity, to have him having trust with me to be able to take that role, and then more trust uh, about a year and a half, two years later, uh, taking over the head of security, which means I managed the entire situation, uh, was an amazing learning experience and. And I was very blessed that he was the only one who called me that night in the hospital. But I tell people, he's got the resources. He'll, uh, if he wants something, he'll track it down, man. And uh, there's no excuse. And one thing I learned to be around him, uh, you can't, can't give him excuses because he can cut through the excuses pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> so in terms of like uh, proximity and, you know, being around people of greatness, I think that goes to the title of the podcast. How would you define greatness? Because I think to each person, it might be slightly different.
2: I think someone who's, who's great, see, I, I think there's different levels, right? I mean, I, one of the things that I learned by being around Tony is most people stop at, at excellence because they think excellence is the top, but it's not. You know, out, being outstanding is the difference. That's that 1% to 2% difference with people because you can be excellent and you can get you know, be outstanding, excellent in what you're doing, but people who are outstanding are the ones who stand out. That's why you see a you know, Stephon Curry, right? Who can, who can shoot like nobody's business because he stands out because he can do that. Michael Jordan stands out. So there is a different level. So, you know, I, I think there's great, I think there's excellent, and I think there's outstanding. And I think the outstanding people, what they've learned is the, the difference in the mindset. And You know, I mean, if you look at and I, I love baseball, I love sports, as you, you may or may not know, but, you know, everybody at the Major League Baseball level is, is excellent. They wouldn't got there unless they were excellent. what's the difference between a Justin Verlander, right, and another pitcher? You know, what's the difference between, like, you know, somebody like a, you know, Babe Ruth or back then or Henry Aaron or, or, you know, Barry Bonds? They just did something just 1% or 2% differently because they had certainty. And that's one of the things I teach is Tony taught me. I got to witness it firsthand when he taught, you know, a major league hockey team, you know, an NHL team, the difference on why they were losing and why – other teams were winning and I saw the success model and I saw him teach it. And I understand, I got to understand what makes the difference between a Roger Bannister and a Chicago bulls. And then somebody like a Phoenix suns, they're all X run athletes, but there's a difference. And that that's, that's from,
0: that's, from that's from a the mindset key. and a certainty.
2: That's that's the key to the difference between being great and being outstanding.
0: So Funny I, that. um, I need to rename the yeah. podcast instead of My Average Greatness. I need to My Average Standoutness.
2: Yes. Yeah, because <laughs> there is a difference. And, yeah. and when, after witnessing that, Kevin, I'll tell you why it changed my mindset. And now, and then I looked at how I did things differently. And that's why, you know, and, and you look at that experience on the plane crash. Um, that I learned that probably seven years before the plane crash. And I don't know whether I, I enacted and did what I yeah, But I know one thing is I had a different mindset why that experience was going on, which allowed me to, I don't know, stand out, but at least stand up.
0: So would you mind elaborating a little bit in terms of like being able to see that and then quantify it to then be able to take action on it? Like, what is it? Like, what, what is that difference?
2: Yeah, I think one of the differences, like you mentioned it earlier, is, is certainty. Is you know having a belief in yourself that you know I can't fail, you know there's I can only have learning experiences or I practice my techniques, perfect my performance, but I can't fail. So I think one of the difference of that day is I had to go into a mode of certainty that you know what I'm we're gonna I am we are going i i have been i I know what I'm gonna do, I yeah you know, because there's two there's two different distinct things that happen, the, the getting the plane down in one piece and surviving that. The captain and and crew get all the credit, but then it shifts because now the plane's sinking. Now it goes to the passenger and the team. And that's that's when you had to instill yourself, you know what, I survived that. Now I've got to go into a mode of focused execution. I've got to go into a mode of resourcefulness. But the difference I think I did maybe compared to some other people or maybe not. I don't know. I won't speak for other people. It's something I learned, and I write about this in my new book about an experience I had with Tony. And we were actually we were in Fiji together. And one of the things he take, takes his team out in Fiji is in the middle of the night, one or two o'clock in the morning, he gets you in a bus, or you're half asleep, and you go jump off of, about a hundred foot bridge into this uh, to this river that's flowing out to the ocean. And it's and you're in the pitch black. I mean, you have no light. And mm-hmm. as we were driving up there, I asked him. Went, I asked him point blank. I said. You, hey, when Tony, when your mind's going crazy, when it's going wild, how do you, how do you get composure? How can you get, it, how can you get it together? And he said it all starts with, number one, of course, being resourceful, but number two, transform yourself with gratitude. So I think the difference of that day is, yeah, I, I executed and I had resourcefulness, but I had a lot of gratitude because I had another shot. And when you put yourself in gratitude, you stay composed. When you stay composed, you can make decisions more effectively. And I think that's the difference. And I think that's what outstanding people do differently than, than great or excellent people. They are they, able to go into a mode of gratefulness so they can then make decisions effectively and then use all their resources.
0: It's uh, one of my best friends. I, I kind of stole this from him slash borrowed. Um, maybe he, as a, as a mentor and a friend, he kind of talked about his three rules that he lives by and I've kind of adapted it to, to five and, and number one is never say no to yourself and it kind of goes with, with that certainty and I'll let other people tell me no to me and I'll figure out a way to get it but I don't ever want to be the cog in my own wheel that slows myself down because I don't think I'm qualified enough or to be able to go on so hopefully I'm well, on the right track
2: Kevin, <laughs> that's important because people right now are looking for certainty because there's so much uncertainty so and one thing I learned years ago and I used that day on the plane I use it constantly is, you know if the most certain person in the room, in the room of uncertainty, becomes the leader. Yeah. So if you if you exude certainty, you become the leader. It doesn't matter whether you're the guy putting up light bulbs at midnight or you're the CEO of ExxonMobil. If whoever exudes the most certainty becomes the leader. So right now with a in this world of uncertainty called COVID and everything else going on, if you can exude certainty to somebody else, you become a leader to them.
0: Wow, I love that. Hey, I know in terms of like being respectful for everybody's time. um, One of the things that I like to do here in in wrapping up and the whole premise behind the podcast is a message from my children. And I wanted to leave them a message from me to provide you with an opportunity to leave a message to your kids or your family or, or even the world, which you're already doing on a much larger scale than my average greatness. But from here, I'd love, I always ask the question is if something were to happen to you, what message would you like to leave for your kids, the family, or the world?
2: Well, thank you. I'll leave you just with a quick little story, uh, because I think this is one of the things that really helped change the way I focus and do things uh, where I'm sitting, exactly where I'm sitting right now. My, my wife got a phone call from one of our neighbors and they were a couple older ladies who lived down the street and they were having problem with the TV. And, and I grew up in, like I guess in a small town, in Ohio and Virginia, where, you took care of your neighbors. It doesn't, you, that's, you just took care of especially elderly. They're older people. So my wife, Terry, called me and said, can you go down and help with their TV? And I, I'm pretty good at TVs, Kevin. You know, I'm, you know I, I know how to get TV on and fix it pretty well. So yeah. I went down there and helped them and got it done pretty quickly. They said, would you stay for milk and cookies? And I said, I love milk and cookies. You know, like milk and cookies, right? Especially a couple older ladies who could probably bake, right? I mean, they've probably been around a while. They could probably bake pretty well. So I'm waiting for milk and cookies, and I'm looking at them sitting in their parlor, and they had a coffee table and had a book on it. And this book had, a, had, had just it was a picture book of World War II. And I, I love World War II history because one of the things I truly believe and one of the things I'm really, I, I hope it doesn't happen in this country is the elimination of history because history leaves clues. If you don't know history, you can't predict on what's going to go on in the future. I truly believe that. So when they came out with these milk and cookies, and you know, I said, "Hey, this is a really cool book. Where'd you get this book?" And they both looked at me and rolled up their sleeves and showed me the numbers and letters on their arms, and said, "We were there, and they survived the concentration camp." And I said, "Could you tell me the story?" And for two hours, I sat there where I should have been up in my office where I'm right now working, and listened to a firsthand account how two people, two sisters, survived. A concentration camp during World War II. And, oh <laughs> excuse me. And I learned firsthand what it took—the mindset it took. Cause they lost their entire family, and they they never separated the rest of their lives. They they moved moved to the United States and ultimately got to North Carolina. And if, this time they were probably in their late seventies. You know, at that time, this is. And I don't I don't think they're still around. But I learned the mindset it took—the resiliency to survive a concentration, one of the most horrific situations in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. And these two ladies survived it. And I, before our neighbor, Miss Joanne passed away, she and I talked about it because she had the same experience. She got to sit down with her because she was a next door neighbor to him. And we talked about this and she was probably in her 50s, 60s at that time. Um, but one thing that taught, taught me is this, is it, it, it all comes down to resiliency in your mindset and asking yourself a better question. So I will leave my kids or to leave somebody else's kids, you know, you think you're having a bad day. There's other people who've had worse days than you. Even right now during this COVID, we're all complaining. We all have a challenge. Yeah, we wish things were different. But there's other people in this world that are going through or have been through worse things. So put things in proper perspective. You know, don't see things better than they are or worse than they are. See things as they are and make a decision based on that and go forward. Don't, don't get in your mind that things are worse than they are. They are what they are. So um, that, that, that um, experience changed the direction I was going to go, what I was going to do, and that led to my book. Actually, it's how I made, made my first book, Moments Matter, because I really figured out all the moments in their life mattered, all the moments in my life mattered. And that's why I'm so excited about my next book.
0: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. What a great story. And just so you know, I know you mentioned earlier, you said you wish you had a little bit more discipline for your kids. I will. Knowing Chelsea, uh, I love watching her and her entrepreneur spirit. Um, So I would say you've done a phenomenal job. And I do want to close. I mean, you are the first guest that's a father of four and survive so i mean i've only got two i can only imagine what you had gone through growing up right now there's certain days of sleepless nights so uh, i commend you for everything that you've done and i appreciate you for sharing with the community teaching these valuable lessons to, to us and i think you're right the world needs leaders and we're so lucky to have you dave
2: well thank you kevin i appreciate jumping to be with you today
0: awesome and To end every episode, in the honor of my friend Mikey, we love you.
1: Bye-bye. You've been listening to My Average Greatness, a show highlighting interviews with average people doing great things from every walk of life. We hope you found encouragement and most of all, inspiration. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, keep up with us on Instagram at my average greatness. Make sure to leave us a comment and don't forget to follow and share the podcast. You were not born to be average. You were born to be great. And maybe you'll be our next interview till next time.